hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of No Funkin' Strictly Munkin', the only show where we don't do, no, there's no psyching on here, we're not good talking any psych on this show, we're going back to the Monkwell, all you people who didn't follow us to love at first psych, that's fine, because we're back on both feeds, I'm your host, Jay Christie, joined as always by my co-host, Andre Brera, Andre, how you doing? It's so fucking weird to be back here, honestly, um... Mm. But it feels good, you know? <laughs> it's, yeah, I kind of, yeah, I have very mixed feelings about this whole situation. Um, obviously, it's great to be back in this space. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, yeah, I feel like I'm just, like, way out of touch with this. Yeah, it's funny you say that it's it's so weird to be here. when we, we actually are just recording at our normal time in the normal situation. Like, it's in, in actuality, we're not doing anything different, but we are talking about something different. Of course, as everyone knows. And some people were tweeting at me at like a few weeks ago, like this was coming out as if, you know, I didn't know from the moment it was announced, Mr. Monk's last case, a Monk movie, a Peacock original, you know, straight, straight from the cock. Um, yep. You know, it was, it's a Monk movie. I, the idea of it is so exciting to me. Um, well, yeah, I know. I mean, so like they're, they're, this is like the first time it's happened, right? Because I know there's like, Several psych movies. There are three psych movies. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And you know, I think. Well, obviously, it seems that Psych ended after. Monk, yes, Psych ended point. a few years after Monk. Yeah. Okay, so it's just a lot more jarring. Uh, I haven't seen the last Psych movie, obviously. Yeah. But it's very um, jarring to see some of well, the yeah. characters we haven't seen. Yeah, because like with the Psych movies, and we'll get to this when we get to them on Love at First Psych. But um, they kind of had always wanted to continue doing it, especially because James Roday was so, like, in the writing staff. So he and Steve Franks, the creator, were interested in continuing the story, doing movies. Like, it was something that they talked about pretty shortly afterward. Whereas this, Mm -hmm. okay, tell me what you just dropped. You need to tell the audience what you just dropped. Uh, My charger slash flask. Is the flask empty? No. But was it closed? Okay, good. Good, It was closed, yeah. Um, that this situation with this, and I don't know, I've been watching some interviews with uh, with Tony Shalhoub, that like they really weren't never planning on doing this until they did uh, the COVID special, um, mm-hmm. and apparently that got really good numbers on Peacock, and they were asked, "Do you want to do a Monk movie?" And you know, I'm glad they did because uh, uh, we'll talk about it in depth, but. I, the thing I love about TV is being with the characters I love, and it was nice to get an hour and a half with these characters again, especially Adrian Monk. I just love spending time with him. No, honestly, it was very refreshing, and mm-hmm. it brought me back to like a very comfortable, in mm-hmm. a, in the same way that that whole COVID special. It reminded mm-hmm. me of like you're in our you're in my time uh, mm-hmm. during COVID when we were recording this. Like it was a good mm-hmm. what year and a half two years a year and a half I, I think it was a year it ended up being like a year and eight months i think would end up being yeah yeah and, and it's it, like something it, we went a lot quicker because uh, it was covid so we had less times where we had to cancel <laughs> correct yeah we didn't have a lot going on but you know it, it meant a lot to me at that same time and i hope it meant a lot to you but oh absolutely um, yeah it was great it was and i'm like i'm super grateful that we were able to do it and i'm super grateful that we're able to do the psych pod as well like i'm the one that came to you Saying like, hey, yes, I need something yeah. in my life. I need you back. Absolutely, and and I said, and I think I, 
I remember I was in that case. I was walking home. I just picked up some arepas from my arepa place, and I believe I said, "Yeah, sure, let's do it." <laughs> I remember. I think you were like, "Oh, really? It's that easy?" I'm like, "Yeah, why not?" Yeah, I love I love these shows. These shows mean a lot to me. But yeah, Mr. Bunk's last case. I'll say this overall. I thought like I was just like, "Yeah, this is pretty good." I didn't, you know, it wasn't groundbreaking to me or anything. The thing about it was, I think ultimately it felt like it was both too big and too small. It wasn't just another episode, but it also wasn't like a big, huge thing. But like yeah. I said. The fact that all of the actors just felt immediately back at home in their characters, especially, I think it just watching, just watching Tony Shalhoub as Monk again, it really just is stark how great of a performance it is. Because he's just back in it immediately, and it's no difference. It, it's just, he just puts the skin on, and it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, uh, do you want to cover this at the end or at the beginning? Like, who do you but, wish would have been on this episode? I mean, I, I wish more people were in the episode. That, that one of my bigger complaints is that I feel Harold? like you got to have Harold Crenshaw. Tim Bagley yeah. is still around. Like, yeah. I yeah. think you got to have Harold Crenshaw. I feel like what um, I actually was uh, at a dinner with my extended family, including my cousin Chris, who listens to the show and listens to all of uh, Strictly Munkin. And he pointed out, and I think this is true, you needed to have Kevin Dorfman as one of the people whose murder he solved. You, you got to bring him yes. back. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Maybe, um, well, not Dale the Whale, obviously. Um, no. Wait, who's the second dead, one? Tim Curry's the second one? No, no. Tim Curry was, yeah, the first Tim Curry. One. Well, Tim Curry was the second one. And then there was a third one who was no one, not someone famous. Who was the first one? The first one was Adam Arkin. Ah, yes. Okay. But Dale, he's got to be, there's no way he's alive right now. There's no way. True. Yeah. Um, That's iconic. I mean, I wish, obviously, he wished Sharona was back. But like, yeah, it was already they already she already left the show, you know, in a in circumstances. So, you but know. she came back. Yo, know, she did once. But yeah. I, I also wish that uh, Julie Teeger was there. Um, although mm-hmm. obviously, you know, the actress is no longer acting, so yeah. I understand that. Um, but you know, it was nice. Um, truly, actually, my number one complaint about it is. I feel like if you're going to do a Monk movie, you need to cast someone more famous than James Stewart Boy as the bad guy. I'm sorry. That, that was just one, like, really? Like, you can't, really, you can't get someone a little bit bigger than that, really? You can't? Come on. I know it's yeah, Peacock, yeah. but come on. Yeah, I, I was really underwhelmed by the villain. I was underwhelmed, but that was, like, my number one thing about it. I just was like, this guy is just not doing it for me. Yeah. No, nah, fair enough. I mean, we'll get through our co- pros and cons at the end of this. Yes. this yeah. So, podcast. basically, the, the, epi- the, the movie, and I didn't take... I'm going to be talking about this beforehand. I didn't take my usual meticulous notes because I haven't seen this before. And when I take the notes, I'm just basically writing down little snippets of what happens in every scene so I can recap it. But when I do mm-hmm. that, I'm not really watching it. And I could have watched it twice, but I didn't feel like doing that. And so I don't have very specific notes. I know you have more specific notes. But generally, the the thing that we realize, we start off with Monk sold a book deal. And who is his book agent? Did you recognize her? Uh, no, but I know I should have. It's, uh, Tony Shalhoub's wife, Brooke Adams, who's in the show a million times. You know, she plays a bunch of different roles. Um, I see. And, she and looks what's a the... lot older than him. Yeah, I think that probably is just the white hair. I mean, I'm gonna actually look up. Let me see. Uh, let's, let's look at I'm that. I'm sure it's just the white hair. Yeah. Yeah, let's look at that age gap discourse. Um, Brooke Adams. Uh... She's four years older than him. So, Four years. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's Tony's seventy and good. she's seventy-four. He's seventy. Yeah. 
He's looking Holy good. Shit. Yeah, he looks pretty good. He moves pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I was watching him on Seth Meyers, and um, uh, did I tell you this? Uh, did I mention this on the pod or no? That he happens to be really old friends with Seth Meyers' father and mother-in-law, and so like he's really close with Seth Meyers, and like you know, he, they're talking about how like his, Seth Meyers' young kids call him Uncle T, and he like has train sets that he shows them, and it's like. I would love nothing more than to go back in time and have a childhood where my uncle T Tony Shalhoub was giving me presents of train sets. I mean, that just sounds like the best childhood. I feel like if you're getting called Uncle T, that's like Uncle Tony, like Soprano. I mean, sure, but I, I just, 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 just imagine though him giving you a train. I mean, come on, you know what I'm saying? Um, you didn't yeah. watch The Sopranos, right? I have not. I should, but okay, I that's why. That's why. Okay. Anyway. Um, you know who else I don't think has uh, watched The Sopranos? Uh, Seth Meyers' Three Young Children. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um, and so, what, what's wrong with his book? What, what, why is the publisher not going to publish it? First of all, it looks like it's about three times the length of War and Peace. It's mm-hmm. like a gigantic stack. Mm-hmm. And so he'll spend like eight pages talking about uh, the culprit. And then he'll spend like another like 35 pages talking about what they were wearing. Like yeah. just you know, meticulous notes that he takes. And, um, well, I mean, so, okay. We start the movie with him in a room doing his thing, right? That's, uh, oh, uh, that is actually the first, that's how the show starts. Correct. That's a flashback yeah. to the show. Sorry about that. Yeah. Oh, is that? Is the first scene in the show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that. Um, I'm, it, yeah. it makes sense. You wouldn't remember it because you've only seen that episode once, but yeah, that's the first, that is the first scene of the USA network original series. Mo. Gotcha. Okay, so obviously they can't publish that. It's way too long. And mm. they want to know more about his career, not about his like meticulous mm. bullshit OCD stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, she mentions that he solved 140 homicides and they want to know more about that. And he's had five editors, two ghostwriters to no effect. They've all quit. Even the last one changed their name and they moved to Guam. And they established that he's in breach of his advance. So they're going to ask for it back, which is yeah. bad because he was going to give that money to Trudy, who's uh, sorry, to Trudy's Not- daughter, Molly, who's getting married in six weeks. And he was depending on the money for that. And they're going to take it back. So obviously yeah. it's not looking good. I will also say, and this is a problem. The movie was unav- unavoidable. This is actually something I thought about going into it is that if we were to take the ending of Monk at its face value, and that you should, then when the show ends, the most important person in Monk's life is Molly. That is, that, and that is the way the show presents it to us, right? And that, I think, is good. That's a good ending of the show. I, I think the ending of Monk is beautiful. As I said on the show, I cry almost through the last 30 minutes of the show. Um, but I think the problem with that is, then if you do anything that follows up with him, she has to be a very important character, despite the fact that she's not actually a character we know well. Now, I think they eventually, they make it work because they make you care about her, but, like, it is kind of the problem where it's like, wait... In his life, his most important person is someone who was not in the eight seasons of the show. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, um, I mean, it was like something that was very much sprung upon at like the last, what, half season of the show? No, it was just like the last episode. Oh, last episode, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they do a good job of like kind of explaining what's yeah. happened. I'm glad they didn't like yada yada her. You know what I mean? Because you could imagine where they're like, we're just going to go back to the old gang. We're going to forget about that and just make it about Trudy. I'm sorry, make it about Natalie and Stoudemire. Like, I'm glad that she's actually a character because, once again, 
the the way the reason why the by monk ends on a happy note is because we get the idea that he has a person in his life to give him purpose, right? Um, but uh, speaking right. of not having a purpose, this is a thing that I did not see coming. Uh, after learning about his book, uh, his advance getting taken away, what does he consider doing? Killing himself? Yes. Yes. Hold on one second, though. Just remind me, where did we leave Molly when we left the show? How old was she? She was in her, I think, uh, early to mid-20s. Okay, so she's like in her mid-30s? The actress who's playing her is like 36, so about that. Do we have a frame of reference for how long after the show this takes place? I mean, it takes place, I think, now, so it takes place... uh, After COVID, yeah. Yeah, so Monk ended in... Ended in 2009, so it's 14 years. So if, let's say she was 21. She's, you know, 35 now. Wow. It ended in 2009. It did, yeah. That's I crazy. was in middle school. That's great. I, I, I did the estimate in my head, and I was right, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Wow. So, anyway, but we, one thing we got a lot more in this is scenes of Trudy coming back to speak to him, which I think is effective, especially because... Natalie is not is has been away so like she can't be his conscience like generally is and mm-hmm. um you know um uh, Laura Harden had a lot of time on set wearing flowing white dresses I'm sure that's a lot of fun um but yeah he considers jumping out of a window which is not something I would expect you know but I was surprised by how sad this was and I think that that's not a bad thing because Monk is at his core a very sad character but um Correct. It's, I mean, it's like a, it plays out through the whole episode, right? Or, and not episode, through the whole movie, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, a very st- stark departure from the show in a sense. You know, yes. like it's a USA show, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it, this was never like a thing I, I think that ever happened over the course of the show. He was on Suicide Watch once, but that wasn't, a, he didn't actually. It was like an was, episode arc. Yeah. And I think the thing that is interesting, though, about him being suicidal is that I think I think it's tr- there is a truth to it that solving Trudy's case wouldn't actually solve his problems. He still would be alone and uh, have mental issues. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like his life is all hunky-dory now that he solved Trudy's case. But so, like we mentioned, so Molly. Just, it, yeah. Yeah, Molly moved in with Monk. Um, during COVID. During COVID. So it just makes me wonder, like, what happened the years in between when the show ended and when COVID yeah. started, like how that worked out. I assume mm-hmm. Natalie didn't leave until shortly before then. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, because we, yeah, we will. We'll, I'll get to that. But yeah, so Molly is getting married to this guy named Griffin, um, and Griffin is a journalist. Uh, and there is, you know, the bad guy is a guy whose last name is Eden. What's his first name? Um, Rick. Rick Eden, who is basically mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos slash Elon Musk. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he wants to go to space. He's a billionaire. And, uh, you know, my whole thing was with this whole, like, Trudy mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. By the way, I didn't know that Ghost uh, aged. I didn't want to say it, but yeah, it is kind of the problem with any sort of thing like this. And there's yeah. so many problems with, like, any sort of character that is supposed to be, like, immortal or unchanging, where it's like you can't, you can only do it for so long you know um Mm -hmm. it's like it's why like it's always weird whenever they have like a doctor who thing where like they bring an old doctor back and it's like technically speaking you're supposed to be the same age you were when you were on the show and you're not (laughs) um anyway 
so yeah, Molly's getting married to Griffin. Griffin is, if I'm going out of order, I apologize. Um, but he's, you know, interviewing um, Rick Eden about, uh, apparently Rick Eden secretly, like allegedly murdered his partner in like a scuba diving thing in uh, Barbados or the Bahamas, one of the two. Um, and uh, he has evidence. So it's a very, a very clear, like we, the, 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 Motive and stuff is very simple. It's it's classic murder mystery, you know, killing a journalist to cover up something. Yeah, you know, uh, typical stuff you see these mm-hmm. days. Um, tales all this time. Not, nothing mm-hmm. else to say really about that. But um, wait, did we talk about the airport yet or no? No, I don't know. I like I said, I apologize. If I got the order wrong. So we go. We're at the airport, and okay. Monk. <laughs> Is there um, uh, to, uh, you know, greet everyone. And first, Natalie shows up. And, uh, yeah, we learn that she's been in Atlanta because Steve, who she ends up with, Casper Van Dien, got transferred there. Atlanta, I don't think, has a naval base that's not on the water. Um, no, it's not. But, uh, I mean, I think they just did that because that's where Trailer Howard lives now. Um, but, yeah, so we learned oh, that. We learn that, you know, Julie lives near her. She's a real estate agent, which honestly makes a lot of sense with Natalie. Like, I, I guys believe that. Um, and uh, then who comes next? None other than the man, the myth, the legend, Lieutenant Randall Disher. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's back. And, you know, Monk is, uh, he's, he's very, like, uh, what's the word? Sad. He feels betrayed yes. by the fact that, mm-hmm. like, people left him after mm-hmm. a certain amount of time. So obviously, we found out that she went to Atlanta. Randall Disher, we saw in the season finale, was going to go move to Summit, New Jersey, to mm-hmm. be with Sharona. Mm-hmm. I thought her name was Ramona. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, essentially, we find out that Sharona couldn't make it because Benji had a kid and mm-hmm. she's helping out. Yeah. And Randy's still the Benji. sheriff of Summit, New Jersey. So you know, he's uh, has a successful life out there in New Jersey. Good for him. Yeah, not not the cheapest state to live in. No, definitely not. Um, I lived there for uh, two years. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, you know, what's really not cheap is living in New Jersey and working in New York. Yeah, I pay double taxes. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, so, really? Not like literally, but the taxes are annoying because like you have to pay tax. You have to, you, you always will owe on your taxes because it doesn't get taken out. The New Jersey state taxes don't get taken out if you work in the city. Um What's even worse is yeah. the vice versa. When I when I lived in New York City and worked remotely for a company in New Jersey, that was because then the New York City taxes weren't being withheld, like weren't being taken out automatically. And wow, that was a, a rude awakening every time I get involved with my taxes. Um, anyway, That's insane. Uh, so yeah, anything else happened at the airport? I really do apologize. I should have taken notes, but I I want it, it, it's the Monk movie. I gotta watch it. Huh? Don't no need to apologize. Yeah. And so uh, we learn, it's mentioned that Leland Stoudemire is, he retired briefly, but is now working a secret gig that no one knows. And so that's obviously setting up something. And we also learn about uh, Griffin. Uh, actually, wait, no, we see a moment where at, um, at late at night at uh, Molly and Griffin's home, someone is doing a little sneaky, 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 and they break into the garage, which is notable because what is Griffin doing the next day? He's um he's he's a real ad- adrenaline junkie. He's uh he's preparing his bungee cord because apparently him and his friends they get together every once in a while 
or I guess yearly or something Twice like that. Twice a year. Twice a year. Uh to do this bungee jump and it's the day before the wedding and he's not gonna he's mm-hmm. gonna keep this tradition going. So he's measuring his bungee cord. He's measures he measures. You twice, measure twice, cut close. once. That yeah. is a real phrase. I'm surprised you never heard it before, but you know. You know, it's I've a, never bungee well, jumped ever in my life. Well, that's not a bungee jumping. It's a phrase about like construction generally. You measure twice, cut once. So that you, the idea being that if you measure once and you mess up, then you messed up. Whereas if you measure twice, you know you you're, you're basically double checking that you got it right. Um, I mean, yeah. yeah, if you're bungee jumping, you should check it like four times. Yeah, if you're if you're bungee jumping, you should reconsider your hobbies. Um, and so uh, at this whole time, Monk is kind of being elusive. Like they, they pepper in a lot of moments where it's clear that he is thinking of killing himself. I don't know when it's revealed. At some point, it's revealed that he's getting medication for sleeping pills that he's just storing, and he has on his calendar a date just marked Trudy, you know, because he's going to, he's going to kill himself and to be with her. Um, you know, it's, it is profoundly sad. There really is no way around how deeply sad he is in this, but it's like, yeah, he is sad. I mean, yeah, I mean, what else can you say about it? Um, he, uh, and as if it couldn't get sadder, right? I mean, the life just gets worse. Correct. Um, he goes to go, meet dr uh bell mm-hmm. we see him and i read about this beforehand or during the time that apparently they brought hector elizondo out of retirement because he was uh 86 years old mm-hmm. uh, I mean, the last time he did work i mean he was in something in 2021 so actually no he did a he did a voice in the freaking star wars bad bat show he okay he retirement okay fine sure Oh, well, apparently that's what I read. That like, no, I, no, uh, I'm sh- I'm sure he said he was retired, but the man can't help himself. Yeah, you know, uh, gotta get that check. Uh, anyways, hey, so, he, yeah, he does it for the love of the game. Don't you dare talk about Hector Elizondo like that. Anyways, so, um, yeah, he talks to Doctor Bell, and mm-hmm. like I said, he looks good for eighty six. And apparently, mm-hmm. in the time between this. Sorry, we skipped over a lot, by the way. I well, then go you. back. Tell me about it. Uh, I'll go back. I'll go back. You you, you so, do my job. This is a role reversal. Okay, well, we met Rick Eden, first of all. His whole thing is to be the first civilian to orbit the Earth. Mm-hmm. So I thought I, I said we, talked about we mentioned the thing okay, about... We, so, yeah. we talked about that. So that's what Rick and Griffin were going to go talk about. Mm-hmm. And so that's when we find out about how Griffin's... Sorry, not Rick's former partner... Mm-hmm died in a mysterious scuba diving accident mm-hmm. you didn't say that did you i did yeah it's okay oh, you did. But i did yeah i did okay i don't recall you saying that shit but okay anyway well i on. the tape listeners don't weigh in because i know i did but yeah i did okay um anyways so he went to go talk to dr bell he wrote a book mm-hmm. and monk deduces that he's patient a patient b and patient c possibly and unfortunately for him, he was also patient D that was referred mm-hmm. to in this book. However, Dr. Bell won't tell him that because, you know, it's yeah. not that It's a very guy. funny bit. Um, yes, it yeah. is. And, and Dr. Bell senses that something's going on, you know? Like, he's not... Uh, Correct. He, and yeah. he asked him about his, medica- uh, his medication, lorazepam, which mm-hmm. is, I don't recall, I think it's an antidepressant. Well, no. Well, what they say is it's a thing to help him go to sleep, and the idea being to take as needed. And he's been getting, he's been refilling it. He's been hoarding them. Yeah, you know, he's gonna kill himself with it. Um, Correct. And, and so, yeah. 
It's Dr. Bell says that it's been a hard year for Monk, and mm-hmm. yeah, everybody has had a hard year, but they're coping. Mm-hmm. And Monk says the only difference between all those people and him is that he's not coping. Yeah. So yeah. or darkness. I think that that's the thing about Monk, which is why, even though he solved Rory's murder, he's still depressed. Is that like he is unable to cope? Like that's kind of his defining you know, one of his defining characteristics that he if something is upsetting him he is on he has no strategies to mitigate it you know um yeah not only that but he's like he's hasn't really ever come to terms with like all his childhood trauma i mean he has in a sense he's accepted it but he's never no the thing is he hasn't way. accepted it he is aware of it and can acknowledge he's it. aware of it he's aware but of it. i think like he hasn't as someone who has is in therapy and has in some ways gotten that is further along than Monk is. I think a, a key part of the, the step he has never done and will never do because he's a fictional character who will never get past this is you have to, you can, you can recognize that something happened, but there's a part of you that will hold on to it still being real. And he still does it. Like he acknowledges that his mom was like crazy about germs and stuff, but he can't get to the place that he, where he doesn't care about it anymore. You know what I mean? And like, that is the step. That's the hurdle that he'll never get over. And that's the problem. Yeah, that's yeah. true. He's a no, sad guy. Sure. Yeah, it's 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 tough. Uh, no way, no way to. to now I will say it. a fun moment that we that uh, I laughed at was the bit with the twenty dollar bill with the delivery boy. <laughs> yeah, some good physical yeah. comedy. Because I mean, the thing is, this is it's a sad movie, but it is obviously also funny in the way that Monk is funny. Yeah, because he's still a cheap bastard until the day he dies. So God, he's so cheap. He's the cheapest man alive. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. Donald Sterling? No, not even. He spent money on horse. Yeah. Yeah. Domain. Who else was up there? I mean, the owner of the Cardinals, the Bidwell family, were like, they had, what was it, that like only at the team cafeteria, like family had to pay for lunches? (laughs) Fucking insanity. (laughs) Like that, I mean, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, Oh, oh, no, Mike Brown, the owner of the Bengals, were like, they they didn't wash like practice uniforms. (laughs) Yeah, it's always sports. Yeah, because that's what people like. They want the status, but they don't want to pay the money. Um, but yeah, uh, so what happens next? Uh, what happens next, Jake? After what? Uh, after the Dr. Bell session. I'm, you know. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's that's actually when we cut to someone breaking into the house. Yes. Um, and so... And then we cut um, to the sorry. I was out of order. The mo- the uh, the cut twice thing. Truthfully, the big issue here is that uh, I kind of assumed that there was going to be a rough plot synopsis somewhere on the internet that I could just skim through, and uh, there's not. <laughs> yeah, correct. Um, basically, Molly talks to Griffin, <laughs> and she asks about the honeymoon because it looks like he's not taking the day off. Uh, they're not taking time off after the fact because he has a story to report on Eden Mm -hmm. and he says that Eden's trying to kill the story and you know Molly as the fact checker that she is tries to like get him to get off of it but nope Mm -hmm. so we go to the bungee jumping uh, excursion the next day Mm -hmm. and so Griffin and his buddies are doing the same thing there's a ton of people on the bridge and Molly's there to watch she gives him a kiss and we cut between Rick uh, Eden uh, mm-hmm. doing his thing, uh, walking through like his wherever the fuck he works, mm-hmm. and Griffin walking down the path. Uh, Griffin locks in, gets ready to jump. He jumps off, and judging from the you know uh, reactions from mm-hmm. the crowd, it looks like something has gone awry. And sure enough, yes. 
And someone in the crowd mentioned specifically, oh, it looks like the cord was six feet too short, which is too long. If it was too short, too he'd long, be fine. Too long, too long, too long. <laughs> yeah, too long. Um, would you ever go bungee jumping like that? No, never. Yeah, no, I have no, no. I, there are some extreme things I would consider doing. That's just not one of them, especially, you know, the thing is one time I saw a video on like, uh, I don't even like one of those like craziest video shows where someone had a bunch of that's fine and they happened to bounce up in such a way that it wrapped around their neck and they couldn't get up and they like were almost, they almost died of almost asphyxiated. And I'm like, no, that's not the thing I always ask myself is if I die doing this, how big of a sigh will my parents have when they explain to their friends how their son died? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he wanted to bunch jump over Gord and uh, his his rope was six feet too long. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't, don't put your, my mom gave birth to me. I don't need to put her in that position, you know? And don't be that specific. Just be like, it just didn't work out. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, I'm probably overthinking that. Uh, but yeah, it's. I think it's actually a pretty well done sequence. I, the thing I, I think is cinematically interesting about it is that she can't watch him, so she basically only realizes that it happened because of everyone's reactions. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, wow. I honestly didn't expect him to like full on get murdered. I mean, I thought he would get murdered after that conversation, but I'm like, wow, really? Like, I forgot how relentless Monk is to his, the supporting characters. Like, if you know Monk, someone important to you will die. Um, you know, maybe that's why Monk's so depressed. Not any main characters, but yeah. Any no, of course not. Tertiary character, characters, mm. yeah. And so yeah, obviously, as you can imagine, and I'm probably skipping over a scene, but I just want to introduce the idea. Molly is convinced it's foul play. Yeah, she is. Um, because we know that Griffin was very meticulous with measuring twice and cutting once. Mm-hmm. And he's done it twice a year for X amount of years. So it wouldn't come as a surprise. Like that, there, Nothing should be surprising about any of this. Period. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, yeah, we also see that Monk's at the park by himself. And mm-hmm. he's talking to Trudy. He's at the place where they proposed, where he proposed to her, where mm-hmm. Trudy says that that day was not a surprise to her because he was wearing a knee pad on one knee only. Which that's and, how you know it was before he really had a breakdown because if it was after his breakdown, he'd have to wear knee pads on both knees for symmetry. Correct. Yes. And, um, you know, at this point, everyone's looking for Monk. They've been looking for him since... Before the jump. Mind, before the jump. And Disher shows up. He's found Monk, but he's there with the bad news of yeah. Griffin's death. So they go to the scene of the jump and, you know, Molly meets him and they're in each other's arms and it's very sad. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's all really you can say about that. Yeah. And um, yeah, and they, this is where we learn of the six feet person, which man, that guy really fucked up. Eden would have gotten away with it if it weren't for that idiot, you know. I mean, that's why you don't hire a dude with a long rap sheet to be your accomplice, because probably not that smart. No offense. Um, you know. Correct. Yeah, correct. And so, so where do we go next? We go to the courthouse and, you know, Monk, if not anything, he's a very <clears throat> clean man. So he's brought his own hand sanitizer machine. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. I assume he afforded that with his advance in some capacity. Yeah. And, you know, uh, apparently the coroner has come out with the report. Uh, the official cause of death is <coughs> or unofficial. <coughs> Excuse me. Death by misadventure. It was yeah. unanimous. And that's when Molly thinks that he was murdered because Eden apparently had threatened him two days previously. And she refers back to the morning in the garage where he said, measure twice, cut once. 
So he's meticulous. So there's no now, reason. I have a question. Him. At this moment, mm-hmm. did you know how it was done? No. Oh, okay, I did. I, I don't know how, but I'm like, oh, they messed with the measuring tape. Um, yeah. No, I wasn't thinking too deeply. I was just taking notes and just wanting to get through this so we can. And so, th- and so the thing is, so some might say that it was smart for me not to take notes. I'm really sorry. I really, I, I wish I should have taken notes. I'm very sorry. Um, and so, uh, what, where do we go after? Hey, that? You watched, you watched it on the weekend, right? I watched it like, I, right yeah, I watched it on, I watched it on Sunday night. Cause I will, and yeah, I just was, I thought about trying to watch it again late last night, but I got home from my family dinner with like a bunch of cousins a little late. And so I didn't, um, but anyway, um, yeah. So where do we go after the courthouse? You know, when Molly's kind of on a mission about proving that, uh, it was, uh, Eden. Yeah, they go, they go back, um, they go back to the bridge. Yes, they go back to the bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is where they talk about the six foot guy. Correct. Yes, and they found they see that or they remember that he had uh, two of his uh, fingernails painted white. Yes. Now so, I, as a baseball fan, knew what that meant. Did that immediately jump out to you? Okay. One, yes, it did. But also, I was confused because I forgot that they were in San Francisco. So I'm like, Giant Stadium, why would the hell would they be there? Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say, I, I was confused. I thought they were in, they were in uh, San Francisco. Don't guys in San Francisco always paint their nails? I thought that's what you were going to say. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, in the sense of like, I don't think Giant Stadium has ever been the name of the stadium here in San no. Francisco. No, I don't think so. Yeah. It's like AT&T, SBC, Global. It was Pac-Bell. It was Pac-Bell. Pac-Bell. Yeah, all that. that. So, that's like, what I first remember. I feel like the stadium, the name of a stadium, when you first started watching the sport, is what it always is in my your mind. And it was always it will always be Pac Bell Park to me. And same with Bank One well, Ballpark. For me, it's it's worked for me. Dodger Stadium. Always. Remember what? Remember when people used to call it the Bob Bank One Ballpark? Which one? Uh, that's Wills Arizona. Is Bank One Ballpark the Bob? No. No. Well, never. Well, I'm gonna. It's always been you, Chase Field to me. I mean, yeah, I get, I mean, I don't know. Um, okay, I just, I did just look it up that I'm very glad to know. It, it yes, formerly known as the Bob. So I didn't make that up. <laughs> um, I believe you. I just didn't care, probably. Well, by the way, I just only know I did, I just realized you mentioned hand sanitizer. I did grab my wet wipes. And so in honor of Monk, I'm going to give us a little wipe down as you tell me what happens next. Uh, <laughs> a little yeah, ASMR. So- so yeah, we go back to the to the garage where the cord was measured and cut, and you know they ask maybe he was distracted when he was like mm-hmm. doing his measurements, but no, um, he was. They also find out that he was a triathlon state champion, and mm-hmm. while they're looking at the trophies, they realize that the the years that he won, because uh, he won in consecutive years, uh, they're out of order, and not mm-hmm. only that. Monk notices that the windows were painted shut at some point, so implying that no one ever opened that window. Mm-hmm. But there's paint chips everywhere mm-hmm. on the little sill. So clearly someone got in there mm-hmm. and then knocked over the trophies and then put them back in whatever order. And so their whole thing right now is trying to ask if anything's missing, but it doesn't appear that way. Nothing's no. missing. So, uh, you know, Adrian says he needs to go take a look out back. Mm-hmm. He does his little hand wavy thingy and Trudy joins him out there and you know, she's, uh, she says that like, she thinks that Molly's correct, that this was murder. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for them, there's no footprints there because there was mm-hmm. a rain on Tuesday. 
sprinkler was cracked. There's branches that are snapped. So things point to like there being something off yeah. about this whole situation. But if they can't prove what happened, like it is, it's all circumstantial. I'm thinking this whole time too, Tree's kind of his conscience. And like, if we were supposed to accept in the reality of the show that ghosts aren't real, which is how I read it, that like mm-hmm. you imagine that Trudy is the part of him that doesn't want to die, that he's, you know, now, I don't know if you, uh, how, do you, are you on my, or do you agree with me there that the show's perspective is not that ghosts yes. are real? That, yeah. So right. it's clear that his, there's a part of his brain that's trying to talk him out of ending it all. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, he has, he has a very singular voice and uh, viewpoint, but, you know, uh, it's very much established or not established, but it's very much implied that there is some sort of fractured mm-hmm. mind inside of him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And so after that, uh, I believe, is this where we finally go to Eden's mansion or is there something in between? Um, well, that's when Disher says he comes, he shows up mm-hmm. and he says that they found the guy at the bridge. Right. They, they, they combed it and basically there were only seven softball games played last weekend, mm-hmm. which I find that hard to believe in the city of San Francisco, but sure. Agreed. And so they established that this guy was named Lucas Kubrick, and he mm-hmm. works for Eden Express, which mm-hmm. is obviously he works for Rick Eden in some capacity. Mm-hmm. So that's when we head to Eden's mansion. Yeah, and uh, when they pull up, your favorite, your favorite part, probably. Yeah. Yes. When they pull up, Randy is driving, and the security guards are listening. That don't need a badge. Yes. Yeah, they uh, are. And uh, they're taking photos of the Randy, like, oh my god, we love you. And uh, it turns out this is all a prank put up by the head of security for Eden, none other, the great Leland Stalemar. Let's give it up for Leland. Hey, you gotta give it up to him. Yeah. One of the best characters. I mean, just Ted Levine just coming in, the mustache, just longer than ever. And he comes to clock, monk, monk. Yeah, and he, you know, he's in on the joke, and... um. Yeah, they are, yeah. Obviously, we find out that the security actually weren't a fan of him at all, um, mm-hmm. and then we also find out that basically Sotomayor has been the chief of security at Eden's mansion, or I guess for him, period, mm-hmm. since February. And I forgot who t- who played TK. Uh, Virginia Madsen. Okay, and so, so yeah, there's no way that she was gunned back. Yeah, he's still with TK, and the only reason they managed to like still stay together was because she lives in GH two along with mm-hmm. him. Because there's like a ton of stuff going on. He's very busy. He's making amazing money more than he ever made at the police station. And mm-hmm. Stott seems to think that Rick Eden is a good guy, but obviously he he ain't. They ain't. No, it's it's also immediately obvious he's not a good guy. Like not even to get into. There's no way you can be that wealthy by being a good guy. It's like he just reeks not good guy. Um, yeah. So. Uh, is he British it. or is he South African? I think he's British. Uh, I mean, James Purefoy is British. Um, he has a weird yeah. accent. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, we meet him, and you know, he's there's it's a classic like I'm just meeting with you for cur- as a courtesy, and it immediately becomes clear that Stoudemire made it seem like this was just a you know formality, and Monk starts asking some prodding questions. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 the temperature in the room changes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Brick doesn't typically threaten people. Um, and, uh, you know, 
basically, yeah, they interviewed him about the whole uh, Lucas Kubrick thing, and Eden says he doesn't know him because he employs 1.2 million people and basically suggests that they're wasting their time. Specifically, he month- says, I wouldn't, know a, I wouldn't know a random driver. Important. Correct. Yeah. And so basically, you know, it's super convenient that when his former partner, Mr. True Smith, died, he inherited the other half of the company. So, you know, he's, you know, sitting pretty. Um, not only that, but they suggest that the charter boat crew was paid off with money from an offshore bank. Mm-hmm. And that's when Stott puts the kibosh in this whole interview. And he gets off that, a good monk. Yeah, correct. And he's pissed off, you know, because like Monk thinks that Rick is involved, but um, because he never mentioned that Rick was mm-hmm. a delivery driver, so whatever. Sotomayor tries to say like, "Oh well, you know, how, you, that's a good guess," but Monk tells him that less than thirty percent of the people that work mm-hmm. for him are delivery drivers. So, what's the deal mm-hmm. with that? Yeah, and uh, at, at, it's important for later that Monk happens to look at his desk at the time. We don't really notice it in the moment, but for later. That is a thing that happens. Um, yeah, so they end up kind of, kind of getting kicked out, more or less. Uh, no, but we also we also notice another right. dark note, which is he looks at the death of Socrates. Um, yeah. And, you know, he starts to ask what hemlock tastes like. So just another suicide note. Let me look this up. What does hemlock Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like? Is that how Socrates it died? It has a, uh, a bitter taste. It's related to carrots, parsnips, and fennel, but I don't know if it's uh, like if, if it tastes like those. He killed himself with that. What hemlock? No, he didn't. Not on purpose. I mean, he was, sentenced to death. he was sentenced to death with hemlock. Yeah, fam- kind of famously. For you know what his charge was? No, corrupting the youths. Oh no! Did not know. Yeah, yeah, it happens to the best of us. Yep. Um. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it's pretty dark. Uh, and so yeah, after they get kicked out, where do they go next? They, uh, they go to the police station, um, to meet with the new chief or to like ask questions of the new chief. Yes. And she seems nice. They, and she wants Monk to do some more work there, which is a big thing for later. Correct. Yeah. They, well, first of all, they're very happy to have Sotomayor there, but Mm -hmm. they even more impressed they roll out the red carpet for Bunk, not literally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nice nice digs for the mm-hmm. new police station. Uh, I don't think it's the same one before. No, so but they also, that him, makes sense. Yeah, they offer him a pass and with the chance for that to be a permanent pass because he does good work. And mm-hmm. there's still 22 open homicides that Monk could possibly help with. Mm-hmm. But Monk keeps referring to his plans. He's got other plans. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the police chief, is that the chief? Her? Yeah, I think so. Who cares if it's yeah, not? Yeah, she tells she tells him to keep the pass just in case. Yeah. Yes. At a certain point, I think that Natalie should probably be suspicious about him talking about his plans because obviously we know, but like it's he sounds like someone who's planning to kill himself. Like it's not he's not really being subtle mm-hmm. about it. Um. But yeah. yeah. Um. So what do we learn at the police station? Uh, we learn that uh, well, they look at the footage and. Mm-hmm. They find uh, footage of Kubrick uh, mm-hmm. meeting up with uh, Eden. Mm-hmm. No, right? that's not. That's that's a different scene. They, they see footage where basically okay. that nothing is manipulated with the rope. That's what they learn there. Oh, we don't. Okay. We, the thing with Kubrick and Eden is when Stalmeyer's back at Eden and looking at the security camera himself. 
Gotcha. Yeah, I don't have this then. Yeah. The, uh, they don't learn anything is my point. The, the, the thing is, it's like, look, no one tampered with anything at the sea. And that's the whole idea is that like they kind of learn. And then Stoudemire goes back and sees the security footage uh, with Eden meeting up with Kubrick. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but they already want to talk to Kubrick, but mm-hmm. he lawyered up that morning. And mm-hmm. on top of that, it seems like he's a bad guy. He's had three mm-hmm. convictions. Um, I don't recall what they were for. Yeah. Something. Um, like yeah. So Stoudemire still thinks at this point that this is an accident. Um, but it's clearly starting to look like that's not the case. Um, yeah. That, so yeah, Eden had him involved in some capacity, like mm-hmm. a fall guy. Yes, and so, like we said, Stamar's in the security room looking at security footage, and he sees Eden and Kubrick meeting up with each other, and that's when he knows, like, oh, shit, this, I was wrong, this guy's bad, I should have trusted Monk, exhibit 1002, Monk was right, uh, this guy's bad news. Correct. Um, but also, we get, uh, <laughs> we get, uh, Randy Disher coming in with his, uh, diorama. Oh, right. Right, yeah. the Disher theory. Of how, of how we think this went down. Because, you know, Randall Disher, if not if not one thing, he's a showman. Uh-huh. So he, he, brings built... his, he brings out his set of the Vinton, which is another shout-out. The Vinton Street. Shout-out yeah. to Vinton Street again. Yeah. I also want to point out that um, the uh, on the door for the book publisher, her name is Beth Landau, which is both the name of Andy Breckman's wife and the name of the victim in Season 2, Episode 1, Mr. Mount Goes Back to School. Okay, thank you. Um, so Disher has his Lego interpretation of the Vinton Street Bridge mm-hmm. um, murder. Mm-hmm. Um, but his suggestion is not that uh, the bungee cord was too short, but that the billionaires, this billionaire in particular, paid for the bridge to get lowered. Mm-hmm. Because apparently billionaires pay for bridges to get lowered all the time. Mm-hmm. It just, I mean, it's the it's one of the best things about Monk. You almost wish it happened in every episode. Every time Disher has a theory, it's best. I mean, I don't know if anything will ever compete with reverse liposuction, but, I mean. <laughs> yeah, true. And the best part about it was he made the Legos with four Millennium Falcons. Yes, yes. And so that happens before the bit with Eden and Kubrick. And so, yeah, now yeah. that is on board, we're kind of, we're cooking with grease. Yeah. And so... so we looked at- we look at some of the notes left behind mm-hmm. uh, from Griffin, and there's a lot of smudges. But uh, you know, Monk's gonna go; he's gonna get over it. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's how he yes, does. Yes, Molly. We we should mention because a lot of the Molly scenes are not very plot heavy, but she is very good for like she's take, she takes the role of Natalie Sharona. You know, she's very loving and attentive to him. Um, and so yeah, he, they look at the notes and. Um, most of the stuff seems pretty self-explanatory, you know, that he talked to everyone and no one said anything. But there's one little, there's a handwritten bit at the end of it, which I want you to tell me because I forgot. Uh, it's a something involving the Kremlin. Which, yes. Um, I don't think it involves the Russian government, but... No. Uh, yeah. Well, that's, so, cause that's what we've, what we learned, that's what he calls his, the one house uh, in Monterey. Correct. Yes, yes. We find that out later. So Monk finds the tux that Griffin was going to wear and there's a note inside, which ends up being his wedding vows. Mm -hmm. So um, he recites them for Molly and he gets Mm -hmm. a little bit emotional. And yeah, it's kind of uh, obviously very sad to hear the vows of someone that you're not going to be able to get married to. I mean, obviously this is about Monk, but I feel like 
she this is like the worst thing that can happen to someone and i don't know if she'll ever recover and i feel like they not not they don't yada yada it like they do spend time with her being grief but it's like wow like she really just had her like that's the worst thing that'll ever happen to her in her entire life and uh you know poor molly i just feel bad for her yeah yeah i do too yeah um <clears throat> so the next day uh eden meets with somebody uh under the cloak of light mm. um and he's meeting with kubrick this is uh, i already said this i i said it i went okay. ahead but we already talked about this okay, I, that was my it. fault for skipping ahead but you know okay I, yeah yeah all right so yeah we we find out this is when sotomayor says that he thinks yeah. that he's involved so then we now we go to monk meeting with dr bell again mm-hmm. and it's because uh he's missed his first appointment ever mm-hmm. and dr bell points out that that's basically kind of bizarre mm-hmm. But also ask him how it feels to be working again because mm-hmm. he knows that he's working on the case yeah. of uh, mm-hmm. what's his name again? Uh, it is Griffin. Um, Griffin, and it's clear that Doctor Bell is on to something with Monk suicide possible because he mentions the thing about the medication, um, and we learn that Doctor Bell actually is retired. That Monk is the only patient he sees. That he just loves him so much he can't help it. That and I I, I appreciate that. It's nice, you know. That, this uh, is the closest I got to emotional for this episode. Yeah, same here. Pro- I, I mean, I got a little bit. I got close at the end, even though I thought it was lo- it was a little bit too on the nose on for the me nose. to fully get there. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I like to think that if my therapist were to retire, she would see me out of the goodness of her heart, but I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Same. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, he tells him basically that everyone um appreciates him and thinks the world of him. Even mm-hmm. though Monk doesn't think that he's made a difference, but sorry, through this interaction, he gets a clue, mm-hmm. and that's where we go to the next place, which is mm-hmm. when we go to the Walton Street Rescue. Mm-hmm. Yes, because uh, he, um, what was it? It was I forgot the, what he saw. It was the um, the. Oh, he's looking through a newspaper to see crimes, and he sees that the Walton Street Animal Rescue was getting threatening letters. And it was at an address that he saw on a post-it note on uh, Eden's Mm. desk. And the handwriting Mm. on the letter that they see matches. And so why on earth would a uh, billionaire be threatening to blow up an animal hospital? Pretty crazy stuff. But who else do we meet at the animal hospital? We meet a cute little, uh, I think he's blind or deaf. He's partially blind. Partially blind. A uh, little like poodle, like a black mm-hmm. poodle. Yeah. Very cute. Named Watson. Mm-hmm. Um, and who is who, who has OCD, basically. Yeah, who has OCD. Like, doesn't really have fun with a lot of things, but likes to clean up their, their pen. Mm-hmm. And Natalie rightfully points out that this would be a great companion for Monk because they have similar personalities. And, you know... Um, yeah, he's basically the canine monk and monk can't take him in because he can't be a man with two bulls. Um, and obviously the reason he actually can't is because he's planning on offing himself. Correct. And so that's what like, we're like wondering, like Eden's not an animal activist. So why is he writing into this? Uh, or why does he have this address? Um, for this? Yeah. Why is he sending letters? I've never sent a threatening letter to anyone. Yeah, he's into bullfighting. He's very mm. anti-animal activist. Mm-hmm. But this is all it takes for Monk to be convinced now. Um, and he, you know, 
I guess on their way out. I don't know how. I yeah, they're that. driving away, and uh, I think Monk sees like uh, the truck of Eden, the delivery truck, and realizes, oh, the idea is that he's sending a bomb via delivery, Eden delivery, to kill Kubrick. Where um, to tie up loose ends? Yeah, he'll blow it up in route in route to the animal hospital. So everyone will be like, "Oh, this must have been the whack job who was sending those threatening letters," as opposed to someone trying to purposely kill Kubrick. I forget Kubrick's first name, so I'm going to keep saying "kill Kubrick." And Lucas. yes, of course, he was ki- he was killing Kubrick to cover up for all of the truth that he exposed in Eyes Wide Shut. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. And so Monk hops out on foot because Nally is a terrible driver. Um, it's a worse three point head. turn than Gus's in uh, the one the episode at the museum. And psych, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, it's really bad. Um, and so yeah, he hops. Monk hops out on foot to try to catch up with Kubrick, but it's too late. Mm. It blows up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even worse. Him, yeah, even worse. He steps on a pile of dog shit, which mm-hmm. renders him incapacitated. Mm. I love that he's whining on the floor on the ground, and uh, Natalie's like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And it's just dog poop. And we come, we we see. The other thing is, the demands were met. Everyone was saying, "Mr. Monk, show feet." Mr. Monk, show feet, and he finally shows feet. Yeah, finally, after all these years, after fucking, what the show premiered in like two thousand two. Yeah, twenty one years. If you've been waiting for Monk to show feet, you can drink alcohol. Like if you're born. On the first day, someone demanded he show feet. Um, and you yeah. should also be like put behind bars. That's, that's true. That's true. Um, once again, I'll say, I, I've said it many times. Uh, Venmo me any amount of money and I'll show feet. I'm, whatever, you know? Like, I'm, I'm very susceptible. If I Venmo you 50 cents, will you show me feet? Yeah, I mean, um, for you, I'll show you. I'll show, do it for free. I mean, but like, you know, it's uh, oh. mostly because my feet are, you know, I've discussed before, disproportional. I have ludicrously large toes for the size of my feet. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so Monk takes off his shoes, and uh, yeah, Stoudemire's there, and uh, yeah, it's clear that there's something afoot. And I, that, I didn't mean that as a pun. <laughs> I really didn't. Yeah, no, I bet you didn't. Uh, so yeah, there's, in there's what universe would I not? Ta- I, I don't. That's. I will always admit if I said a, I did a joke on purpose. In fact, that's the reason why most of my jokes aren't funny because I underline them so many times. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, so as you mentioned, he Stott basically admitted, admits that Eden's mm. the guy, and mm. uh, he talks about the meeting of Kubrick this morning, and mm. it's too bad because he liked the job. So um, he'll hang on to the job until they need to actually, when they have all the evidence in place to nail him. So he suggests that they need to find a laptop, which is where all the digital bodies are buried. So that's when we find out that the Kremlin is actually his house in Monterey, which is just like an incredibly insidious way of calling your real, like where you live, your residence. I'll be honest with you. If you told me Elon Musk did that, I would believe you 100%. 100%. Absolutely. Did you say he just like renamed the street that Tesla's based on? He renamed it Meme Street because he's a fucking dork. He's such a loser. He really is the biggest loser alive. Like it's actually insane how he is just—he is just annoying. Even think about him is he doesn't have the posters gene, and he wants it so badly. But the reason I use the word gene is because either you have it in you or you don't. You know, he's the anti-Riz god, and he—and somehow he still has like eight kids. Um, you know, and yeah. Anyway, um, so we go to. He accidentally shoots Grimes. I mean, 
Uh, it's, I mean, this I, is an like, Oscar. This is an Oscar Pistorius uh, pull. I mean, is just. I mean, that's kind of fair. They're both. They, all they have in common is they're both South African. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm gonna say like, I can't wait till he wins the 2002 U.S. Open because he's Ernie Els. Like, what the hell? They just don't. You know. Um, is there any else South South Africa? He is. I don't know if he won the 2002 U.S. Open. I just that was just a random guess. Um, but yeah, they you know they call him the Big Easy. Um, uh, anyway, um, he did not. Just, oh, he won the Open Championship in 2000. Oh, yeah, that was wrong. But I knew I knew he won a major in 2002. Um, but yeah, uh, other South Africans. You know, you got Charlie Theron. I'm thinking of just white South Africans. Uh, you got um, whoever Matt Damon plays in Invictus. Um, you know, got some. Uh, anyway. Uh, James Turfoy and therefore Charlton Copley and then obviously uh, Neil Blomkamp who's very normal and doesn't seem weird at all um, anyway uh, so Bunk the thing that they do here and this is that oh, it honestly does annoy me at a certain point is that like do people who like tell Monk to go undercover have they met Monk before in what universe is Monk going to successfully be a fake bartender like when is that ever going to happen you know what though I bet you if you gave him all the time in the world, he would make the best shrink oh, known to man. Oh, 100%. 100%. He, yeah. everything would be perfectly balanced. It would like, yeah, I, I bet it would be. But it is, you know, he's just taking forever. And it is like the cringe monk moments. And I think it went on a little too long for me. But that's always my take with these. Like, you, if you go back there, you could make a super call on Strictly Monk. And of all the times I said this cringe moment went on too long. Yeah, I think the $20 bit was, like, longer, but it was still funnier than this one. It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, he's uh, obviously not a great bartender, and mm-hmm. it ends up, uh, you know, what's it called? He gets he gets rumbled. Yeah, he gets rum- rumbled? Yes. that's a, I, That might be a British phrase, but that's, like, to get, you know, uh, to, get, to get caught. But as before this happens, though, uh, we see a little bit where for Eden's trip to space... They bring make him a companion, which is like a blow up doll, which comes in handy later that they let go. So a little blow up doll humor. Mm-hmm. It's pr- you can tell it's TV PG because there are no holes on it. Not that I wanted that, but that was the thing I noticed. <laughs> um, yeah, I needed it. Um, yeah. And so yeah, he he's gonna have to do a goon sesh in space. What? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, he gets to the back uh, essentially with um, with Eden mm-hmm. and that laptop that that he wants is on the desk mm-hmm. and Eden basically comes in to grill him. And he, you know, he offers him a billion fucking dollars. Yeah. And you know what? I would take that billion dollars. I would take it as well. Uh, yeah. and Sorry, yeah, man. yeah, I would take it as well. And then like, you know, do what I would just make Molly's life. I would give almost all of it to Molly. She would probably get mad at me, but whatever. I don't know. A billion dollars. A billion you can do a lot with. Um, also, I'll say this. It, I know he's like the richest man in the world in this, but like if Elon Musk randomly gave a person $1 billion, that would have to be on public information on some, or at least that he like, there'd be some reporting there'd of that. There'd be some bells. Yeah. And people would be like, why did he give this detective a billion dollars? That's not strange at all. Yeah, correct. Um, yeah, but it's also a bank account, so you wouldn't know that. Anyway. That's true, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I really don't... The thing about movies and TV is you can tell me anything about offshore bank accounts, and I believe you. Like, I don't know how they work at all. I just will, like, yeah, sure. Yeah. There's no regulation. Like, yeah, you can, you know, send, you know, uh, you know, nothing but Buffalo nickels, and they're worth $10,000 in offshore accounts. Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, I believe you. Yeah. 
So anyways, he offers him a billion dollars, but obviously he doesn't know Monk. And mm-hmm. on top of that, Monk doesn't want the money because he doesn't plan on staying around very much longer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he admits to killing Griffin right mm-hmm. off the fucking mm-hmm. bat. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tells him the offer is available now. It's mm-hmm. not after. And Monk originally tells him that he's going to take the money. Mm-hmm. But Eden slams shut the laptop and says he doesn't believe him. And... You know, Monk grabs the laptop and takes off. Yeah, there's a chase, and Monk ends up eluding him for a bit, but he gets caught up with because Monk can't not turn on a switch on the tennis court because it's uneven. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's a classic Monk bit. He's really trying his hardest. Um, I mean, that's the thing that, like, why why that's a little less irritating to me is because Tony Shalhoub plays the panic so well. Like, he really, he is, and as someone with OCD, which is obviously not as bad, I know the feeling of, like, I shouldn't. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do this, but then you do it. And it really is like, it is, if I can be completely frank, it is really genuinely demoralizing when you give into it. And he plays that really well. Yeah. So he gets caught. And um, unfortunately, like shortly after they get caught at the, or he gets caught like at the edge of a cliff. Mm-hmm. And he ends up going off the side of the cliff. Mm-hmm. And well, we find out later, but he survives. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Obviously, yeah. I didn't think he was dead, given that there was like 25 minutes left of the, of the Monk movie. Um, Correct. But, yeah. Uh, we see that Natalie is by the docks and with Molly, and um, there's a boat coming up, and Monk is there, and he's with someone. He's with someone who saved his life. And who was it that saved his life? It's the blow-up doll. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is when Molly finally says, like, hey, I want you to quit the case. Mm-hmm. Um but he says he can't do that now that Eden admitted to his face last night that he did it, mm-hmm. but he just can't prove it yet. Yeah. But Molly still, you know, maintains she doesn't care at this point and just wants to move on. But Monk tells her that she will never she will never move on after knowing what happened mm-hmm. and how yeah. that's true. But Molly tells him that she got a job offer in New York and it might be bad timing, but it might be actually good timing considering. I mean, she's got to take it. If I remember correctly, she works in like media and pff, media jobs these days. You got to take what you can get, you know, woof. Yeah. Yeah. And she asked Monk to come with her to New York, but he says he can't because he loves her. Yeah. And also we know the last time Mr. Monk took Manhattan. I mean, that didn't go so well, you know. Um, I don't remember, but yeah. He, he, he saw, remember the subway pisser? Um, you know, Jeffrey no, Dean Morgan was the killer, um, you know. It is what it is. Yeah, um, I don't it was a the Latvian ambassador or Lithuanian ambassador got killed. You know, it happens. Um, totally. It wasn't his coat. Um, so anyway, uh, is this where we he, he goes it's a to montage the, of him preparing to kill himself? Yes, he's laying out the pills. He's writing out letters. I like the we see the one he writes to Harold Crenshaw where he puts friend in quotation marks, which is funny. Which is why I wish we saw Harold. You know, I hope we he's, also felt like I can almost, I can almost forgive everything. Yeah, I I. I I want to see Harold because Harold Crunchall is such a great character. Um, but yeah, we don't see him, but we do get that little moment. And then we get... I feel like I feel like yeah. I only ever see him on John Oliver skits. Now. No, I, I don't really watch John Oliver. He's, is he a frequent person there? Like, he, they do, like, the recorded skits, like, at the end, yeah. Yeah. He's in he's in a couple of Apatow movies, I believe. I think he's the... Um, God, I hate that I know this on some because it's... Whenever I do the, the polls like this, I feel like I'm creepy, but he, I believe, is the OBGYN, and this is 40, and I think it's a very funny scene where he talks about... I forget exactly what it is, but about, like, 
uh, how she got pregnant, even though she's like in the early stages of menopause. But anyway, he's a funny actor. I, I mean, I I was like him in stuff. It's like seventy hours too long, but like it's enjoyable because you know it's a fun comedy. Um, but it is truly, it's like two and a half hours, and most of the plot is just like, wow, getting old. Oof. That's it. Yeah, I'm not really <laughs> interested in like Judd Apatow movies anymore. Yeah, I mean, I would say that this before he got. I mean, I'll still watch basically anything he does puts out because I'll watch anything anyone puts out. But anyway, um, is this where we go to the scene that you know, where we get we get two Richard Kinds for the price of one? <laughs> I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Monk goes Correct. to a funeral home to buy a casket. Um, is this real? What do you mean? Is this like a real interaction? What do you mean? Oh, and re- is he really doing this in real life? I thought he was. I didn't get the impression it was in his mind. Uh, to me, it's like if it felt like it was in his mind. I don't I, know. It, it, didn't feel, it, it didn't feel real. That's fair. I just took it as real because, I don't know, the show is not that impressionistic generally. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, also, I like to believe that in the universe of Monk, there are two Richard Kinds. That just makes me happy to think about. Yeah. Was he, so about, I, he was on the show, right, at some point? I think he was. Was he? I think he was. I mean, I I mean, I just love Richard Kind always. I mean, he's just, he's, I mean, he was on Psych. I don't know if he's ever on Monk. Um, let's see. Monk. I'm looking it up. I feel like he No, was. he wasn't. He was just on, uh, he wasn't on, um, he was never oh, on Monk. On the, okay, gotcha. But yeah, um, we get two, once again, I just can't emphasize enough how, happy i didn't know he was in the movie i saw him in the credits i'm like hell yeah and then when i realized there were two of them it's like can't this be the next hour i just could watch richard kind of identical twins riff forever um anyway uh um so yeah he's picking out it's it's a inverse of the scene in the irishman where robert de niro picks out his own coffin except in that scene he admits that he's doing it and that he's talking to action bronson and not to richard kind's yeah, I don't. Remember, I don't remember. You don't remember Action Bronson's cameo in The Irishman? No, I don't. <sighs> I don't remember strokes. that movie that much. I mean, I don't remember a lot of it, but I remember that when three hours in, rapper Action Bronson shows him. I was like, "Whoa, man, that's heavy, man." Um, yeah. Anyway. So, so yeah, what 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 happens? Here? What's important here? It's not him buying the coffin. Um, I actually don't really know um, that. Monk mentions, because they mentioned they're identical, and Monk says that one of their heads is a quarter of an inch bigger than the other. So they measure with measuring tape, and sure enough, they are. Mm-hmm. Which then puts in Monk's mind, what about the measuring tape? Oh, that's what it was. Okay, I just, yeah, you, you put that together for me. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah, so I, just, I mean, I, my notes were like, good lord, this scene is insufferable. Like, just end it. Um, See, I mean, I was, I was really, bl- I was blinded by the kind. Yeah. Uh, so then we, uh, we go back to the Eden Space Center, which is where Rick Eden will be the first citizen, private citizen, to orbit the planet. Mm-hmm. And he's in his shuttle. He's ready to fucking like take off. Mm-hmm. But Monk shows up right next to the shuttle. Mm-hmm. Where's the security? But whatever. And he's wiping off. The I mean, window. his best friend is the head of security. So I mean. Ah, true. True. Um, so there's police activity in and around the control room and his wife announces to him that there's a warrant out for his arrest. And that's when Leland admits he quits, but he's saying he's going to keep his watch. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause he's a very expensive watch and Monk is squeegeeing, 
Um, which is kind of, there, there would be nothing to squeegee because they would have made that sure that was spotless because any sort of debris is something that can catch fire in, or like that's just, come on, what are we doing? Um, but yeah, he gets to do the here's what happened over a loudspeaker. Um, and honestly, it's pretty, pretty simple, like in general, but you can, you don't, you don't need to give me the one, but what, but what, how did he get, how did he murder Griffin? Uh, basically, he had Kubrick break in and change uh, with a with an altered uh, measuring tape mm-hmm. that was off by a few millimeters by the foot or whatever. So mm-hmm. it would have miscalculated his whole six foot, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, whole thing. And so yeah, yeah, it's a good, you know, it's a simple murder. You know, it wasn't anything super complicated, um, and he ends up getting pinched, and it's a nice moment for Monk. He gets a. Uh, he gets to solve. He he doesn't force Molly to go through the thirteen year turmoil that he did with Trudy, um, which is very nice. Um, yeah, yeah. And so when he's getting arrested, Eden comes up to him and basically says that he could have had a billion dollars, mm-hmm. but to him, Eden broke Trudy's baby's heart, and that's all that this ever meant to him. That actually might have been the most I almost cried. Just because something I don't know something about the beauty of that line. You know, um, yeah. yeah, no, true. Hmm. I mean, like when you think about the show after the fact and like, yeah, she had a kid outside of him and like that was the love of his life. And the fact that he was able to look past that. I mean, but that was before they met. It was before they met. So it's not actually that bad. No, but he never knew about it. No, I know. I feel no, like, of, of course. I feel like I feel like most people, if they were truly in love with yes. somebody and like they found out about that, like that would be fucking terrible. Yes. But also re- recall that Trudy thought the baby died. Remember? Yeah, no, for sure. But still, no, but no, still, I it's understand. A of the love before that, I agree. It's a reminder of the love, and I think it's also a reminder of the fact that, like, while Monk has a lot of hang-ups, he doesn't have a lot of like the social hang-ups that some other people might have. Like, That's he true. is like, no, this is a person who is part of Trudy. Like, that is more I'll important to me than it. anything. Yeah. You know, sure. um, I think that that is genuinely beautiful. That is why the finale makes me cry because it is about. It is like. He, there is no part of him that is even a little bit hesitant about... I mean, he's hesitant about meeting her because he's, he's afraid she might not like him. But, like, there's no part of him that's, like... Like, he obviously is a little bit upset that he she didn't tell, but he's not, like, betrayed to the point where he's... And I think that that's really nice. Um, and then, so where do we go after this moment? We go to... Um, the park. Yes. Um, the same place where he was at talking mm-hmm. to Trudy when... He, um, I guess, where they proposed, where he proposed mm-hmm. to her. Mm-hmm. And he's got a bunch of pills and some water. I just and... can't believe he's gonna kill himself in the park. That's fucked up. Yeah, like that's really I mean... fucked up. No, a kid's gonna show up. Like that's that's fucked up. I mean, really. Yeah, it is. Um, and so that's when like Trudy comes and tells him that she's not alone. There's somebody mm-hmm. else here. Griffin's there, um, in death. And he thanks him for the closure and justice that he provided. And not only is he there, but there's a bunch of people there. Both the murder victims that he has solved their crimes and like led to them being, you know. Uh, let their justice being served. Correct. But there's also people there that have not had their justice served. And I mean, it's like 
you know, it's a nice sentiment, but it's also like super. It's very corny. corny. If they didn't have the one of the hasn't been served yet, I think it would be better. I think that that is like, I think the reason that also is bad is because it breaks the, like that only makes sense if ghosts exist. And I don't believe that the show thinks that ghosts exist. Yes. And also I know that this would be hard and it'd be hard because they have all aged, but it is, it is annoying that like, they don't have, they should have brought back. I, I, I've seen the show enough where I would have recognized some people. I don't think any of them are actual murder victims in the show. Yeah, I didn't recognize any of them. And, like, that, I think, would have been, like, really nice. And I think that, like, it goes my larger, like, I enjoy this a lot, but it definitely feels like it wasn't, it, 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 this feels like it was a distinctly a, like, a slightly higher than a regular TV episode budget. Like, this is not a movie budget. And this doesn't have the scope of a movie. And you can imagine that if, like, Monk was getting, like, an actual, like, capital M movie, they would pull out all the stops to get all these people back. And it just feels... I was just... I don't think... I wasn't expecting much, but, like, I just wish, after this many years, that the scope of the movie was bigger. That it didn't just feel... it Because this really just feels like a two-part season finale in terms of, like, how big it is. It, it doesn't, you know what I mean, feel, feel any bigger than Not that. even, like, a... It doesn't even feel like a finale. That's the thing. It yeah. feels like a... Like a two-part episode. Yeah. Which is yeah. why... And because that's basically how it ends, right? They walk, like, into the sunset. Um, yeah, they walk into the sunset, and he yeah. seems happy in the end. And, yes. uh... That's how the episode ends, but yes. we get a very short monologue or epilogue where right. we find out that uh, Natalie has adopted the dog Watson for Monk, and let's just hope that works out. Yes. What do you give this movie out of ten? I gave it a seven and a half out of ten. I gave it worse. I gave it a six and a half out of ten. Ooh. I just was like, I kind of was like, I mean, maybe it's just, maybe I gave it a seven, but like. I kind of was disappointed. I, I think that I was disappointed about, honestly, was like, it just, there just was nothing memorable about, like, I, if this was an episode, I wouldn't find it that memorable. Other than the fact that it's one where Molly's fiance dies. Like, I guess I was just so disappointed and you're making a Jeff Bezos type villain and it just did nothing to me. Like, that really, like, got on my nerves. Because Monk has so many good villain performances. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing I really love about it. And it was just like yeah, a fucking zero. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, if they would have somehow made Dale the Whale come back for the last mm. like crime, that would have been amazing. Mm. Um, or like get like you know what? get fucking like get Nikolai Kosterwaldo to play like a suave like Danish billionaire. Let's do that. Like get a you know get an actor with some real meat. Yeah, I didn't say that because no, he shows his sure. dick in Game of Thrones, but he, with some real meat. Does he show his dick in Game of Thrones? I think he does. I just you know no, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. Okay, well, yeah. Who hangs hog in Game of Thrones? Does anyone like? I feel like there's not anyone who does really. Um, Theon does. Right? Yeah, he does. Which that's not like in a good context. Kind of feel bad for him. Um. Anyway. No, it's not when he gets his dick cut off. It's Is like it? season two. Okay. I I binged it all, so I don't have as much of a memory of his people who watched it in sequence. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I feel you on that, but like for me, like Monk was like a show I watched. It doesn't mean oh, no. the same uh, yes. to me that it does to you. So I was satisfied me, with it. It just was for me. Not I was like, great. I was super like happy in a sense to like be back with these people. Same. I was happy yeah. to be back with them as well. What I almost wish was, and I don't think this will be the case. You almost wish it was like they announced like it was gonna be like Columbo, where there were like three movies a year, because that's what Columbo. Just Columbo used to do that, where they'd do like three or four movies a year, where you know it's like little cases. But um, you know, as uh, as the final statement on Monk, I I think it's a nice ending. I'm happy with it. It doesn't really undo any of the stuff in the actual show's ending. And so I'm happy with it. I don't want to make it sound like I didn't enjoy it because I enjoy just being with the characters. Um, 
And yeah, you know, I love them so much. These Adrian Monk means so much to me uh, in a way that if I try to express it, I uh, will start to get choked up in an embarrassing way. Um, yeah, he's been he's been in my life since I was eight years old. So um, yeah, he's really really special to me. And so I was really I was I was so happy that this movie happened. I'm glad that it happened, and I'm glad that it looked like you know they all had so much fun. You know, I've been looking at some of Jason Gray Stansford's Instagram posts. You know, he's been really happy to be doing it, you know, um, and yeah, it's just great. I'm glad they got trailer back because, you know, is soft retired from acting. Um, and yeah, you know, it's uh, it was wonderful to see. And I'm glad that we got to do this episode. Sam. Yeah, no, it was, it was nice. I wish we would have got like a credit scene, but I'll take it. Yes. And so, Andre, where can people follow you on Twitter? You could follow me at Andre Brewer. And you can follow me at the J Christie. Please rate and subscribe to whatever feed you're on. If you're listening to this on the uh, Strictly Munkin feed, there's not really many episodes after this. But uh, so go to at First Psych Pod. Love it, First Psych, our Psych Rewatch podcast. If you haven't been listening to that, this is going to be on both feeds. Um, and please listen to that and share that with the biggest Psych fan in your life. Share this show with the biggest Monk fan in your life because um, we still have eight seasons worth of episodes. That's the beautiful thing about podcasts like this is that they're evergreen. I mean, sometimes we might reference a sporting event that is happening in the background of the episode, but whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, love doing the monk pod uh, and loving doing the psych pod. And so I hope that this has been satisfying to everyone who's a fan of strictly of no funk and strictly monkin. Uh, but for Andre Barrera, I've been Jay Christie. Please tune in next time uh, as on the psych pod, we're talking about think tank. <laughs>